Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Good evening, everyone. This is Evangelist Alfreda Lockett Evans, and I'm from Full Gospel Holy Temple Church in Dallas, Texas. Tonight's podcast is the third of nine lessons learned from the miracles of Elisha, a series. The title of this podcast is The Miracles of Provision. This one includes miracles number seven, which is the widow and oil, miracle number 11, bread divided for 100 men, and miracle number 10, the healed pottage. Tonight, we're going to look at three specific miracles of Elisha, which relate to God's provision for his people. The first to be presented is Elisha's seventh miracle, increase of widow's oil, which is found in 2 Kings 4 and 1 through 7. In this story, one of the sons of the prophets died and his widow was left without any provisions for herself or her two sons. Apparently, the prophet had no insurance for them, and though he was a good man, he left them penniless. The Mosaic Law gave creditors the right to take the person and children of a debtor as bondsmen if the debtor was unable to pay the creditors. In this case, the creditors wanted their money and they threatened to take the widow's two sons as bondsmen or servants. What a pitiful state that widow would have been left in if the two sons were also taken from her. But God did not allow the widow's sons to be taken. This widow cried to Elisha, who was now the head of the schools of the prophets, concerning her situation. Elisha gave her specific instructions about what she should do. He told her to go and borrow all of the vessels that she could, then pour into them from the little pot of oil that she had in the house. Notice that this miracle was based upon what she already had. The widow did just what the man of God said. She borrowed vessels, closed herself and her sons off from prying eyes, and filled the vessels until she had no more vessels to fill. When she ran out of vessels, the oil stopped flowing. She was then able to sell the oil, pay her debts, and they lived on the rest. What a notable miracle. What a good God we serve. What beautiful lessons this miracle taught the widow's two sons. Number one, they learned that if they trust in God, he will meet their needs. Number two, they saw the handiwork of God as he supernaturally provided for their needs. Number three, they learned from their mother's behavior to strictly obey the man of God and watch God work for them. Number four, they learned that God is real and he cares for them. And number five, they could attest that one's little becomes much when it's placed in God's hands. The next miracle related to God's provisions is miracle number 11, 
bread multiplied for 100 men, which is found in 2 Kings 4 and 42 through 44. A man from Baal Shalisha donated about 20 loaves of barley and some ears of corn to the sons of the prophets. The problem was that there were over a hundred men to be fed on so little. When Elisha said, Give unto the people that they may eat, his server or servitor asked the question, How am I supposed to feed a hundred men with a small amount of food? Elisha responded again and said, Give the people that they may eat, but thus saith the Lord, they shall eat and leave thereof. That's 2 Kings 4 and 43. And just as he said would happen, verse 44 tells us, So he said it before them, and they did eat and left thereof according to the word of the Lord. This story is similar to what Jesus did when he fed the 5,000 with five barley loaves and two little fishes in Matthew 14, 13 through 21. And the 4,000 that he fed in Matthew 15, 29 through 39. Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. That's found in Hebrews 13 and 8. This story reminds me of my own granny who had five grandchildren to feed, my grandfather and my father. Sometimes there would even be an extra guest to feed. When the money got thin but the people still needed to eat, I would wonder, what on earth is she going to do to get everybody fed? But somehow with her skills, she would make homemade biscuits and thick onion gravy along with buttered and seasoned mashed potatoes and a few pieces of chicken or seasoned chicken skins at sometimes or crispy fried salt jole and bro rabbit syrup. And she'd stretch those meals. Sometimes she would make fried apple pies with just a few apples, which we thought was a special treat. We would all come away from the table full and happy. Sometimes there was even something left over. If God provided for the 100 sons of the prophet in Elisha's day and for the 5,000 in 4,000 in Jesus's day, we must never forget that he will do the same for us today. You watch God provide. Psalms 37 and 25 says, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. There is not a mouth that God has created that he cannot feed. The last of Elisha's miracles related to God's provision is miracle number 10, pottage healed, which is found in 2 Kings 4 and 38 through 41. And this is that scripture. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, Set on the great pot and seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. Following the dramatic miracle in which the Shunammite's son was restored to life, Elisha returned to Gilgal, where there was a famine in the land. 
he had a place to stay that the Shunammite had prepared. And I imagine that because she was so grateful that he brought her son back to life, she, being very wealthy, would have taken care of him for the rest of his natural life. But Elisha was an honorable man of God. And so instead of laying around in his nice little bed, reading by his little candle, he went back to his responsibilities to the sons of the prophet. When he got back to Gilgal, all of the men were waiting for him. He told his servant to go and start dinner because that night they were going to have pottage, which is a soup or a stew boiled in a pot. Verse 39 says, And one went out into the fields to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered thereof wild gourds his lap full and came and shred them into the pot of pottage, for they knew them not. I imagine that the cook knew precisely which veggies, gourds, and herbs to collect for the pottage, but he had an inexperienced helper who gathered what he thought looked good. What the inexperienced helper gathered was actually a deadly poison. He didn't ask anyone with wisdom. He just cut up the poison gourds and mixed them with the good food. As every cook knows, if you oversalt a pot of food, you've ruined it. So whatever you put in, once you put it in there, you cannot get it out. The 40th verse says, So they poured out for the men to eat. And it came to pass as they were eating the pottage and they cried out and said, Oh, thou man of God, there is death in the pot. And they could not eat thereof. Now, because of the famine, the men were probably starving and glad to see the bowls of pottage set before them. Then suddenly, after they started eating, someone recognized that the food was filled with poison and not edible. Now, what were they to do? They had already consumed some of the pottage, which might have started to make them sick. They might have been getting stomach cramps or diarrhea or something. Anyway, they could not continue to eat the pottage in its current state. And the 41st verse says, but he said, then bring meal. This is Elisha talking. Then bring meal. And he cast it into the pot. And he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. When Elisha heard that there was poison in the pot, did he panic? Was he fearful that the 100 men's families would sue him for killing the men with the poison pottage? No, he didn't do any of that. He simply cast a handful of meal, which is a coarse flour, into the pot, healed the pottage, and told them to go ahead and eat. The men had a decision to make. They could, number one, not eat the healed pottage and possibly become very sick or die from the poison that was already in their bellies. They could, number two, not eat the healed pottage or take a chance that they had not consumed enough to die from the poison, but die of starvation. Or number three, they could have faith in the man of God, trust the healed pottage, and live. Since we have no record of any men who died, we must assume that they had faith in their leader, they ate the healed pottage, they enjoyed the miracle, and they lived. 
There are some valuable lessons that are learned by the sons of the prophet, as well as those of us who read the story today. Let's see what those are. Number one, just as you can't eat everybody's cooking, you can't follow everybody's preaching. Be very cautious about the preaching of anyone who does not believe that the word of God is infallible. There's poison in that pot. Number two, Galatians 5 and 9, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. In like manner, a little poison poisons the whole pot. Lesson number three, it takes the word of God, the bread of life, to destroy the negative influences of the devil. And number four, trust a true man of God. If a situation comes up and he doesn't panic, don't you panic. This is the completion of the third of nine lessons learned from the miracles of Elisha. And lesson number four should be coming soon. I pray that you are learning and that you're being encouraged by Elisha's miracles as I have been encouraged. May God bless you all.